How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's Sal Capaccio. 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 On WGR. Sal Capaccio going to join us here for a chat about the Bills' coaching moves, a new quarterback's coach, some new defensive assistants added, and an NFL awards show coming up tonight. Good morning. High 50s today. Golf courses, you know, mm. if you got one open, you can, hit, you can hit the golf course. That's good. Hey, Sal. Hi, guys. Good morning. Morning. Morning to you out there, too, Jeremy and Joe. Sal, before we get started, uh, I want to, you know, pass along our condolences. Saw you posted. You and I mm-hmm. chatted about it. Uh, you and the fam- family had to say goodbye to your, your dog, Roxy. Uh, and uh, it's tough, man. So we're, we're thinking of you. I saw the pictures you posted. Uh, the dog, you know, been with you for a long time. Yeah, longer than Max has been with us, <laughs> believe it or not. He's 10, right? I mean, it's crazy. So uh, as everybody probably knows out there, you know, you just dogs are such a part of your family, and such a part of your life. It's it's really it's really tough. And, you know, um, the, the vet was telling me there's a there's a comedian or someone out there who said, like, why would anyone get a puppy? All it is is heartbreak waiting to happen. <laughs> and it's true. But, you know, you think about it. And, and the reason is, and I thought about it, is we all know it's because you'll – as much as that heartbreak happens, you have many, many years of incredible, wonderful joy and so many memories uh, that go along with it. But, you know, we, we had a dog. My wife and I had a dog named Willis. He was an American Bulldog boxer in Florida, moved up here. He moved up here with us. And um, Willis passed back in um, that would be what right before probably twenty early 2013. And we, we decided, you know, we're not going to get a dog. And then, and then we got pregnant. And then, you know, you just, you, you miss and you love dogs so yep. much. And then we found Roxy and we got her while we were pregnant before Max was born. So it's been a long time and she's been with us for a long time and she was a great dog and we're going to miss her tremendously, obviously. Uh, you know, and, and it's been rough on everybody, but at the same time, um, you know, she, she lived a great life. She gave us a great life and she's in a better place, you know, yeah. and, and I think that's what you take mm-hmm. comfort in knowing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I, I think of a couple like parallels for me growing up. I had the same kind of situation as Max where my parents had a dog before I was born and I grew up with that dog. And I remember saying goodbye. I might have been around 10 or 11 years old. And then yeah, me too. And when, same same and age. When our kids are born, when, when my wife is pregnant with the twins, we got an, a younger puppy during that for the kind of the same reason, one of the same reasons, which is I, I wanted my kids to grow up with a dog the same way that I did. Like, I just feel like there's, you know, yep. there's there's value in it. So, um, yeah, very, very cool, of course, to have uh, given her a home for so long. And uh, we're thinking of you and, and, and Max and Jan as well. So 
Ah, yeah, d- dogs, dogs. All right, on to business. They're the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. On to business, Sal. Um, co- coaching moves. <laughs> I joked with Joe. Yeah. The Bills now have the coolest quarterbacks coach in football, right? I mean, to have played <laughs> yeah. at, at North Carolina, wow. Josh played a highlight of him throwing an alley-oop to Julius Peppers. Like, Ronald Curry is uh, – he, he had his own successful athletic career, and now he's a uh, quarterbacks coach for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I tweeted yesterday that there will be no debate this year on who the best basketball player will be at St. John Fisher at training camp. Uh, it will be Ronald Curry <laughs> amongst the players and coaches. Uh, this guy, he was, I, I did a little research on his actual, like, playing because I'm like, yeah, I know he played basketball at Carolina. I know he played, you know, football at Carolina. Dude was seventh in the ACC in assists his sophomore year. He led Carolina in assists. He started and he was incredible. But what's funny is Joe and I were talking about this on, uh, Extra Point Show. I don't know if you brought it up, but, uh, he was, he had committed to Virginia and he is from Virginia and he was highly recruited in both, you know, number one recruit in the nation, essentially in both sports. Maybe, you know, here or there, somebody had him second or third, but he winds up go, uh, committing to Virginia, but then he flips, he goes to Carolina and he was like the villain in Virginia because of this. And I guess the comic strip tank McNamara named him jerk of the year that one wow. year. That's how bad it was and how it got down there. But now that's not to disparage him. Of course, you know, he, he did go to the NFL. He played brief. He didn't have a long NFL career, you know, about five, six years, I guess, but I don't think he did too much. Became a coach, and I, I found it fun. Jeremy, this is when you and I, and you, you'll be, you're going to say the same thing. This is why, when I know I'm old, when Ronald Curry has been coaching for 10 years in the NFL that I didn't realize, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. he's been with the New Orleans Saints, and his influence is under Sean Payton. Obviously, he did work with Joe Brady there uh, several years ago, and we had Nick Underhill, who covers the Saints, on the Extra Point Show yesterday. Really good interview if anybody wants to listen to that, and he really raved about his communication with players, how much that he understands the game, obviously, at his level, but also relationships and what you know kind of relationship guy he is, and that's it's really going to help, I think, coaching a superstar like Josh Allen because that's not always the easiest thing either. Obviously, Josh is easy to coach, but when you're coaching somebody of that talent, you have to have a good built-in relationship, and I think um, Ronald Curry will be a guy for that. When it comes to bringing someone from the outside, Sally, of course, you have, you have openings, and there's a lot of turnover. Part of me makes me part of this all makes me think this is a little bit of a look into the ownership they're giving Joe Brady of the offense, right? Get it, mm-hmm. go out and get a guy you've got a connection with. We'll bring him in, and it's it's a new voice in Josh Allen's ear. One hundred percent, and I agree with you a lot there. Which is, it is basically, hey Joe, like what do you need? Um, what will help you? Who will help you? And you know, he brings in a guy he knows, obviously. And then also, you know, you think about last year, they had hired uh, a coach that came from the University of Buffalo. And I have to go, he's not listed on the website, I don't think, but I'll have to go and find his name. But he was hired right after um, Joe Brady became offensive coordinator, like interim, like two, three weeks. And the Bills, you know, said it and, you know, Sean McDermott acknowledged it and said, yeah, he had somebody who had worked with Joe Brady, but it wasn't like a real official capacity, but someone to help out. But the point is, it feels like this is like, hey, Joe, what do you need? What do you want? And they bring him on. And um, I agree with you. So this is Joe Brady having, like you say, ownership, I think is a good word to kind of tell, you know, the organization what direction they want to go, who is best to work in that capacity. The other part of this is from the reporting that was going on yesterday, apparently Ronald Curry could have stayed in New Orleans as wide receivers coach. He chose not to do that and to come to Buffalo to be a quarterback's coach. Um, you could say that's a bump up. That's fine. I think more quarterbacks coaches probably become OCs quicker than wide receivers coaches. Maybe not. I would think that might be. 
But that's essentially a lateral move, right? How many times, guys, are we told and talked about that guys leave for lateral moves? Well, here's a guy coming to Buffalo on a lateral move. Yes, he wasn't. No, he wasn't going to be their passing game coordinate, uh, quarterbacks coach anymore under uh, Kubiak, their new OC. But he did apparently have a chance to stay on there and say, no, I'm going to go to Buffalo and take this other opportunity. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. His, your impressions of the Saints offense over the last few years? He's only a part of that. He's you know on the staff. He's not calling plays. But um, what are your thoughts on kind of the system and the offense itself that he's coming from and whether there's anything to, to look at from that, that perspective? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, right? We we have, obviously, the Sean Payton influence. It goes back, and he was a part of that, and I don't think anybody would deny Sean Payton's a really excellent offensive coach, has a good offensive mind. I think that what's held them back, obviously, has been the, the quarterback shuffle the last few years. But, you know, they've done some nice things. I think it's really interesting how they've used Alvin Kamara, and now you think about James Cook, guys. They've also brought in some receivers like Chris Olave. Michael Thomas was really good, you know, a few years ago, and obviously had some injuries and things like that. So... <coughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me. There's been guys that put up some really good numbers, obviously. And, um, you know, maybe not calling the shots. But he is the passing game coordinator. He was last year. But I think you can learn a lot from there and figure out, okay, what are you going to do? This is not – I don't think anybody thinks of the Saints offense as ground and pound, right? <laughs> we don't do that. This is a, an offense that I think we think of spreading the ball around, getting the ball to their playmakers. And I, I think that's probably what the, the Bills are trying to do here. And I would also say that we think of the Saints offense I do as being somewhat explosive. Maybe that's not analytically true. I'm not sure. I haven't gone back and studied the numbers necessarily, but I think about Thomas and Olave and Kamara, and I do think about how, and even tight ends they've had, and I do think about how they've made plays, and it seems like they're kind of a, they've been a boom or bust type of offense, but probably the lot of the bust is more more because they haven't had some of the horses. Then even the way they've used Taysom Hill and kind of get him in and out of there is really interesting, and you know maybe not the Bills have Taysom Hill on their roster, but Maybe you can get some things from there about how they've used different personnel over the years. Yeah, they are a team that has had, I feel like, the weaponry to go mm-hmm. to do the big plays, right? Like, Chris Olave is a guy that's capable of doing that, and Rashid Shahid kind of became like a kind of a one trick pony for that, but same thing, like tons of speed and explosiveness. So they had Deontay Hardy as like a, as their slot guy. So. I think they've had it. I just feel like for them, maybe it's mm-hmm. been more. They haven't had the quarterback to get it down the field, and that obviously won't be a problem here. No, I agree. Um, last year, their top 10 in points scored. For two years in a row, they weren't that good. But, guys, you go back to from 2020 for the lat, for 10 years before that. I guess you're going back to Sean Payton, but they were perennially top 10, if not top 5, in scoring on offense. And obviously, like I said, uh, he's been there for you know a good six seven years, so he's been a part of a, an offense. I think that you know has put up some numbers. So it's an interesting hire, like I said, and um, you know we'll we'll see how he fits in and uh, how what the what the basketball skill level still is when they get to training camp. That'll be something. That'll be a story, right? We all know it's going to be a story when we get to camp and you know Ronald Curry and playing basketball against the guys. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. Sal, the other coaching moves to the defensive side of things. Um, any any intel we have from the other moves yeah so interesting to me really that the bills name a new cornerbacks coach uh, jameel adai and this is his first nfl job i believe he had been in the college ranks he had gone uh, he had been at miami he had been at georgia um that it, they bring a guy in and they also uh let me find who, what was the other move they made um besides uh, oh yeah defensive a defensive quality control coach christian taylor so they brought in another guy but the move here for me is a die because 
It's also been reported by a couple of people. I know um, Jace Kursky and uh, also Elena Getzenberg. I don't know if anybody else did. I don't want to not give credit to people if they didn't. But, you know, I was doing the, the with the dog yesterday and I, I didn't see as everybody necessarily. Mm-hmm. They had reported that um, John Butler is not going to be back. It's really interesting to me because John Butler's been a part of Sean McDermott's staff for several years now. They've had very good success, obviously, in the secondary. I, I don't know this. I'm going to interpret this myself right now to say Eric Washington leaves, John Butler leaves, Bobby Babich gets elevated. I wonder if there was, hey, if I'm not going to get an opportunity here to be defensive coordinator, I need to go somewhere else to be one because from what Elena and Jay both had reported, it was mutually of parting of the ways between Butler and the Bills. So this reads to me, and again, I don't know this for sure, and we can dig in and maybe I'll find out at the Combine or sometime before that. It reads to me like maybe the Bills had to make a decision. They went with Babich, and maybe the other two gentlemen felt, hey, I I wanted that opportunity. I didn't get it. Maybe I need to get it somewhere else. That's going to be a change, though, because now, obviously, you have John Butler who leaves. You have a new cornerbacks coach come in, and I wonder, you know, a, a fresh new face, a guy who hasn't been coaching in the NFL, there's a name here that really rings to me, guys. Is it Elam? And that is Kyer Elam. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I wonder. Like a fresh, I wonder a here fresh if, start for Elam. Yes, I, I do. And I and sometimes this can happen, right? Sometimes when you have a high pick and it hasn't worked out, the organization might want to go in another direction with somebody else who can kind of be that person's guide and say, we, you know, it hasn't worked with this person. Maybe it will with this. I think that's happened over the years. I think back. Remember when the Bills drafted Zay Jones? They had a wide receivers coach who names escapes me. It had been he had been Zay's position coach at East Carolina. He left the following year. And I'm not saying that was necessarily the reason, but I always thought, hey, they brought this guy in. You had it, but he never developed. Right? It's about development. And maybe I don't know. Do the Bills feel that Kyer Elam would benefit from somebody else being around him and a fresh set of a fresh set of eyes, a new person? Uh, a new go-to, mm-hmm. and this could all be part of it, and I yeah. think it's very interesting. E- even if the Bills don't feel that, feel that Sal, it's possible that Elam could feel that. Yes, feel that there's a hundred yeah. percent. I right. agree with that, and and I and I'm and I'm interested to see what this means for him if it does at all, and it may never. And I think you know there's a lot of things that go into this, right? Always, and these are let's always remember these are people with careers. It's not just. Well, the, the Bills are getting rid of somebody, and Sean McDermott doesn't want him, or Brandon Bean doesn't want him, or whoever. It's not just that, you know, John Butler or Eric Washington, whoever else says, I don't want to be here anymore. There's so many things that go into a lot of these types of decisions and what the role is, what the fit is, the person's career, where they feel that they'd be best, all those kinds of things that uh, that matter. These are people's careers, like I said. So um, coaching changes happen every year. Uh, last week we had a couple, we had a couple of internal hires or earlier this week. And I know that, you know, there was a, uh, a groundswell from some fans that said, well, here we go, and more promotions, more hires from in-house. Well, now they've gone outside, and they've gotten guys who, you know, have were on other staffs or not even in the NFL in Adai's case. So it should be a little bit of a different feel in some regard at some of these positions. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. We're going to call in. Bill in Pennsylvania is up. Sal, we've been asking maybe why you think Allen is not going to win the MVP tonight because all indications are – Lamar Jackson is it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bill is called in. Bill, good morning. Hey, good morning. Uh, You know, I was looking at the interception percentages for some of the Hall of Famers because I think it's so overblown with this whole thing with Josh Allen interceptions. So, Brady had 1.7 percentage. Josh Allen is 2.5. It's his career now, 2.5. 
Montana, 2.6. Marino, 3.0. Favre, 3.3. My second favorite, Bill Kelly, 3.7. Namath, 5.2. Namath had more interceptions than touchdowns. This year, Allen had a 3.1 percentage. So if you compare him to the greats, it's it's he's right there. I think it's so overblown his his interceptions. Yeah. Great quarterbacks who throw the ball all over the field and in tight windows are going to have interceptions. Kelly, I thought Jim Kelly throw three and one half. He'd come back the second half and they'd win the game because Smith and and you know Conlon and all the guys would get the <laughs> ball back for them. So again, I just get kind of tired of this mm-hmm. interception put on Josh Allen. He's going to throw interceptions. But but it's a low percentage, and he compares very favorably with all the greats. You never bring up their interception percentages. Yeah. So I just think it's over. Well, but I just want to throw my two cents in there. Thanks, Bill. Pick it up. You got us. it. Listen, go, listen. Go ahead, go ahead, let, let me let, let me let you chime in on this because I agree hundred percent, right? But that that's but but that's is what the reason's going to be for a lot of people, unfortunately. And I agree with that. And I think I mentioned this before. I I did I. <laughs> I did an ESPN radio spot the day of the Bills game against the Steelers in the playoffs. And I, Jeremy, have I talked to you about this? What happened? Yeah, yeah. ESPN they they asked it like if Josh was going to throw the game away because playoff Josh Allen. Yes. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It was Myron Metcalf and um, Scott Miller, I think his name is. And I, I think that's his name. Anyway, um, Matt, Matt Jones. I'm sorry because I remember it was like Mac Jones. It's Matt Jones. Myron Metcalf and Matt Jones. And it was, I had never been like, it was crazy. Like they were just basically like, they could not understand or fathom how I was trying to explain that, yeah, like those things happen, but that's not like what we, he also leads the league in touchdown passes. And they kept telling me I was ignoring interceptions and only focusing on the positive. And I'm trying to tell him, well, no, you have to have nuance with this. And they and he literally gave me like, he gave me a hypothetical. I couldn't believe this. He gave me a hypothetical. Myra Metcalf did and said, oh, you're telling me what happens if they get towards the end of the game and Josh has a chance he throws an interception. Everybody... I'm like, what kind of hypothetical is that? What if he throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns and they lose like has happened in the playoffs, right? And then I went and I looked and I researched it and I tweeted this out that week. Josh Allen, amongst all basically guys who played enough games, like 10 games in the, in the, in the playoffs amongst quarterbacks with at least one touchdown pass, has the lowest career ever interception percentage, lower than anybody, Manning, Brady, Rodgers, whoever else uh, for, for the playoffs. Now, all that said, the point I'm making here is I agree with the caller. This is why people do it. This is why he won't win. That's right, because people focus on the interceptions. We've heard it all year. We all know here in Buffalo, and I guess the best way I'd love to say this is, of course, we'd all love to see Josh Allen never throw an interception. Nobody wants to see their quarter. That would be the ideal. And does he throw too many? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you want to look at the numbers, that's right. But the fact is... All of the things that he does to score touchdowns has far and outweighed the successes and mattered to the successes than his interceptions have mattered to any sort of failure to the Bills who've won four straight division titles. Yeah, I saw a piece on Pro Football Focus the other day, Sal, also on, like, he was kind of just getting unlucky. He, he this year, he led the league in picks. You want to know where he ranked in turnover-worthy plays? He ranked not that high. 15th. In the league, he was lower than Tua, Mayfield, Fields, Purdy. He had the same. He had the same rate as Stroud and Mahomes. But why? And like this could maybe lean to there could be some positive regression in this area next year, just because that's how it usually goes or it can go. Allen threw twenty-one turnover-worthy throws all year. Eighteen of them got intercepted. Yeah. Like Purdy, meanwhile, was kind of notorious for this this year, where. It was like uh, the same article had it, like six or seven interceptions he had dropped 
this year by the defender. And that just didn't happen to Allen. So I don't want to say that happened every time. There were throws he made, and there were, I think, flaws with the offense, Sal, that maybe mm-hmm. sometimes made it feel like the ball was going to a spot that it shouldn't have. But I don't know. I feel like you just kind of run back a lot of this next year, and you keep that number the same, and he's not going to have 18 interceptions. How about and I'll I'll go a step further, Joe, and say, if you give me the exact same stats for Josh Allen in 2024 than I had in 2023, I'm rolling. That's fine. I'll live. They can still win a lot of games, right? I mean, yep. th- that's really what it is. It, yes, I know the interception number is higher than you'd like, no doubt. He threw the three against the Jets opening night, which were awful. They were on him, his decision making, and then a few more along the way or throughout the year. Where okay, what are you doing, Josh? Right, bad decision, first play of the game against the Patriots. Um, you know, a couple against the Jags, but that was, you know, down the field. You could definitely pick apart some. There's no doubt about it. But again, I will take the I will take him throwing some interceptions versus what we get for all of the amazing other things. If you take away the interceptions, you might take away a lot of that. And those things are contributing far more to the results of Bills games than the interceptions. And when I tried to explain that on the CSPN radio spot and I said Walked off the field in New England with the lead. Walked off the field in Philly with the lead. Walked off the field against Denver with the lead. Like, these things aren't causing the Bills to lose. But you know what is causing the Bills to win? Josh Allen and all the touchdowns that he scores. And uh, but, but you can't escape it. And to me, that's why he won't win tonight. And full disclosure, guys, I think I might vote for Lamar. It's close. I haven't really dug all the way into it. Like, I think Lamar Jackson's a very worthy MVP this year. I do not want to take away from Lamar Jackson in this season. But I don't think Josh Allen is getting enough credit and love to be considered as much as he should be considered simply because of what you guys are talking about, what the caller said, because people focus too much on that interception number. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. Sal, thanks for the time. Uh, yep. We'll keep, we'll keep our ears open. Any, more, are there any vacancies left on the staff that we should be looking for? Good question. Um, I don't think there's an assistant head coach name, but that is a title that you don't have to have. Right. It's just a, a title. Uh, there, no, there are no actual positions available, as far as I can see. Um, corner, safety, Joe Dana is there. Linebackers, defensive line, offensive line, quarterback, tight end, receiver, running back. Everything is filled. It would just be the assistant position coaches. And then, um, like I said, maybe senior assistants, assistant head coach, people like that. And, and just to run that out, they didn't lose anybody from the management Staff did they? I know they had a couple guys that interviewed places, but I did didn't see that anybody well, got like got a job. No, but Joe, um, unless unless they were going to be fired like outright mm-hmm. right now, that's not going to happen until after the draft. And a lot of times, gotcha. because teams don't make those moves until after everything's done. Now, you could have lost, for example, Terrence Gray if he had general manager job. I shouldn't say just fired. Like somebody could have mm-hmm. gone to a place where somebody was there was an opening. But Terrence interviewed for two different jobs, as far as I know, Chargers and Raiders. Those were filled. All the GM jobs are filled, so you won't lose anybody on staff there. If the Bills are going to make a change in their scouting or front office, that probably won't happen until after the draft because that's when their season ends. Okay. All right. Thank you, Sal. You got it. Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. Jeremy and Joe, when we return, an internal email, feelings of betrayal. Mm-hmm. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong. The emails, the email I got from you two yesterday. What? <laughs> what is wrong? I, I what? did. Wait, I was not on this email, but I know exactly what we're talking about. That was. We'll get to that next. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas. 
Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Selling a little or a lot? <coughs> Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast it speaks volumes i think about you know the the, the coach that curry is but you know if i'm him there's no way i can take that job like they hired somebody over me to be the oc and then you know, going from QBs to wide receiver, it is kind of working backwards a little bit. So I get it from his point of view. I think it's a, a better decision for him to go to Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo is trending in the right direction. The Saints could be trending the wrong direction unless Kubiak kind of revives this thing. So I think it's a smart move for him career-wise. You know, I think it's a good opportunity for him to get out of here and maybe, you know, go somewhere else, show what he can do, and, you know, kind of maybe fast-track it a little bit instead of maybe getting stuck in the mud down here. As Nick Underhill on the Bills' new quarterbacks coach, Ronald Curry. Spoke with you guys yesterday on the Extra Point Show, uh, so that's the latest. Could also just be, I mean, well, he laid out what it all is, but hey, Derek Carr. Mm, right. Yeah. He got offered to come back to New Orleans on Kubiak's staff, which might be a little rare. Like, hey, you can come back on on our staff. I think he would have been... Still passing game coordinator, but receivers coach, he said. Um, but right, like, Derek Carr's the quarterback. And also, if this doesn't go well this year, aren't we all fired in New Orleans? Like, Dennis Allen and whoever. That's He kind of gave that impression that the whole Saints coaching staff is gone if they don't make the playoffs this year. So, if you're Ronald Curry, why are you going back to New Orleans? 
Yeah, instead, I've, I've, Derek Carr's a bad year. I I need I need a new job next year anyway. I go to the Bills. I mean, you know, yeah. We talk about McDermott once in a while for this, but I feel like Nick Ronald Curry probably looks at this as a far more stable situation. And you're stepping into the job under Joe Brady. Joe Brady just had this job basically. He got elevated to offensive coordinator. And yeah, if the Bills have a good season, Brady's going to get looks for head coach. Oh yeah, if he wants to be a coordinator, this that this is the this stepping is, stone. Step. 8030550, Dan and Elkettville. Then we got to talk about this internal email and the betrayal from you two. Dan, good morning. Trail. Morning, guys. Morning. Um, it's just, on the MVP debate, um, I think two reasons. I don't think Josh can win, and it's, it's, it's sort of about the interceptions. I just think he had too many clunkers in primetime spots that people remember. Jets, the Giants, you know, he somehow won two of them Jets, Giants, Broncos, Chargers. Um, but I think the other thing, probably more significant, is this, and you guys talked about it in the first hour. Just this recency bias with that I think the sports books have created that it's this week to week race and you know people voters even subconsciously are relying on Vinny from the, who set in the odds in Caesar sports book to kind of sway their opinion and the biggest reason is December twenty fourth Christmas Eve Brock Purdy was a good favorite he was minus two hundred to win the MVP the next night the the Ravens destroyed the Niners on national TV and a huge spot on Christmas night. And then the next week, Ray, uh, Lamar blows up the Dolphins, and, it was, and the race was essentially over. Yeah. Even though two weeks before that, you know, Lamar was plus 500 and Purdy's minus 200. You flip that result of the Ravens-Niners game, and Purdy is probably the MVP. I, I don't probably think there's any question about that. So I just think it's – I don't know if it's unfortunate. It's just the nature of what we're, what we're living in, the times with the, with the odds – in the sports book daily, I think it's kind of stupid to be honest with you, but you're not going to stop from people from talking about it. Yeah, so. thanks, thanks, Dad. Guys. Thanks. You and I are of the same mind. I, I I ranted to Joe several times this year. Well, why are we treating daily movement of the MVP odds like these are standings? Mm-hmm. Maybe they should just have a standings race. Maybe they should vote every single week and then tabulate it at the end of the season. Who knows? But it does feel more like a horse race than it ever did before, um, or whatever. Power rankings week to week. It's weird. Anyway, NFL awards are tonight, and Lamar expected to win the MVP. Okay, to this internal email. This Uh this betrayal. Betrayal. Josh Schmidt, producer Josh Schmidt. Hey, Josh. He sent me this. Hey, guys, I got this email this morning. Let me know what you think if we want this guy on the show. Seems pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. All right, let's scroll down. We get offered things, right? Hey, so and so would love to come on the show. Well, yeah. this especially during Super Bowl week, like you get a lot of opportunity. Oh, yeah. People trying of, to people trying to sell stuff. Yeah. Oh, we can have this person on. Will Levis is selling ping pong. I saw on Radio Row yesterday. I would have Will Levis on. Yeah. Talk about ping pong and how and he, Will Levis and his and that, muscles and his mayo coffee and his diet Josh Allen playing style. That's, that's got to be the get on Radio I, Row this week. Will Levis. So put him on the list. Will Levis. All right. We'll would, try to get Will would Levis. Would take him. So anyway, this email. I scroll down. All right. Who is available to us? The email reads, our agency's handling the new docu-series from Apple TV called The Dynasty, New England Patriots. And to support the release, director and executive producer Matthew Hamachek, who directed the Tiger documentary, will be doing some radio interviews. And the next paragraph says, now I know, at first glance, a Patriots docu-series, and it's at that moment I delete the email. <laughs> I'm sure this is a nice person. I'm mm-hmm. sure he's very talented. I'd actually like to maybe talk to him about the to- Tiger documentary. But Josh sends me this email. Do we want to talk about the guy that directed the Patriots docu series? And my thought is, I'm not I'm like we'll talk about it tomorrow. But no, uh-huh. 
moments later, maybe an hour later, you send me a text. Yeah. Hey, we've been offered the Patriots docu-series guy. Uh-huh. And I'm thinking, who are you guys? <laughs> In what world do we want to talk about the Patriots dynasty? For the 17th different version of, uh-huh. oh, now there's a new, th- we've got 30 for 30, man in the arena, I got Belichick's football life, Brady's now going to be on Fox. Uh-huh. In the, you, you, you really thought that in the 10 minutes we wouldn't be just sieged with all of the Chiefs stuff. We should take a break and talk about the Patriots <laughs> dynasty. Am I wrong? Here is where, all of that is completely understandable. Here is where... I was open to the idea, and even still am, because of, uh, one, I already heard this guy on another interview on a national show. Who? It's either this guy or another guy that like directed or worked on this, this, this documentary. And finding out, well, the Tiger documentary part. Did you watch the Tiger documentary? Not yet. I'm really excited to. And I'm sure this person's a very nice person and a good and a tremendous director. The Tiger documentary was not fluff at all. Like they went after him on the on, on the, the situation with his wife. Yeah. Right. Like and you know going to sexual addiction classes or whatnot. Um. Like he they they went in on the stuff, the dirt on Tiger, and then I come to find out that in this Patriots docu-series, which I might still not watch, definitely wouldn't have if I hadn't known this. Might still not watch. I'm canceling my subscription this is why. Ju- Hold on. just for a month to make a point. This is why. The only reason I'm considering it, there's a whole episode dedicated to Spygate. There's a whole episode dedicated to Deflategate. There's a whole episode dedicated to Aaron Hernandez. And there's a whole episode dedicated to how Brady and Belichick's relationship was toxic at the end. Only reason I'm open to it is mm. it sounds to me like they get into all the nasty stuff. I mean that all sounds nice. <laughs> that right, like that that's what I mean. Like if they're gonna get into hey, these guys are cheaters. I don't know how far they'll go with that though. Because they did get Brady, Belichick, Kraft, etc. to participate. I don't think they would have participated if it was a hit piece against them, but I want to see, I want to see some confirmation that those were like real things that we didn't all forget about, that they got caught cheating really three times. They got caught, you know, spying on the Bengals at their own stadium, like weeks before they played them. Everyone just decided to forget about that in five days, but they got, they got a first round pick thrown out two other times because they got caught doing something that they weren't supposed to. That, those are things I want to see. And the Hernandez thing, I don't care as much on that front, but they've never talked about the Hernandez thing, ever. Nobody on record. So, like, I don't know. Like, there could be interesting stuff. Was there a too. 30 for 30 on Hernandez? There was, yeah. Okay. Or, uh, not thir- um, Untold, the the Netflix docuseries. Okay. I they watched, did that on uh, Hernandez. I, I, I would have seen one of those a while back. Yeah. So, that's, the, that's my case. That's the furthest I can go. I completely get, like... Sick of them. They're finally gone. I don't want Brady on Fox. I just want to see what kind of dirt I get on these guys. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> to be fair, I was in the same boat as you, Jeremy, right at the start when I first saw this email. I'm like, like, come on now. Like, this is crazy. And then I had the same thoughts as Joe. I read through you. it. And I see, like, oh, they get into everything. And it's like, oh, 
Okay, yeah. like that would be kind of interesting to see all like the Deflate Gate stuff and whatnot, because you could kind of laugh at them and and yeah. see how they handled it internally. But like, I don't want to see. Oh, look at the, all the success! Like that's well, right. So I don't want to see that. This is where I will counterpoint my own counterpoint. I kind of want to see the Deflate Gate stuff. I want to see the Spygate stuff. Um, I want to see the Brady and Belichick hating each other at the end stuff. Um, but you don't want to see but Ed- I don't Edelman see... talking about how great they were, uh, right? And looking at okay, so the list of of people that are interviewed in this docuseries that are going to turn me off to it. Uh, John Bon Jovi, <laughs> Bill oh Burr, God, oh Rupert Murdoch, just... <sighs> Jonathan Kraft. Did There's you... going to be... I, I know I'm looking for the dirt. I know that even to get to the dirt, I'm going to have to go through probably a lot of fluff to get to it. I learned something yesterday, speaking of the Patriots, that Bill Belichick has another son that was on his staff. Uh, Brian Belichick, and he's, yeah. he is staying on the Patriots staff. He will continue to work there. He's a safeties coach. An inside man. Yeah. Brian Belichick staying. And Steve Belichick went to Washington to be their defensive coordinator. Yeah. So he's gone. 803-0550, Stat of the day. Let's change the, the tone in here. All right. So much Patriots talk. This reminds me of the time that Howard signed me up for Patriots Insider or something. I got emails for. <laughs> I, I got a magazine sent to my house for a year because Howard. No signed me. way. Yes, like a like a real oh, life like flip through the pages magazine. They sent me a Tom Brady bobblehead and a magazine showed up for wow. every month for a year. Yeah, Howard did that to me. Where's the bobblehead? I trashed a dump somewhere. Somewhere. This is where you tell me it's worth like six million dollars. Right? We have no regrets for throwing it out. Um, stat of the day. Got a good stat for you. Stat of the day is brought to you by Seneca Gaming and Irving, home of the biggest bingo payouts and slot machines with thousands won daily. So it's on Super Bowl MVP. I was looking into this to try and do trivia, and then I found this instead, which just, it's amazing to me to think about. But here you, here you go. This is Super Bowl 58, right? Yeah. Okay. So in the last 25 Super Bowls, there have been... Three times as many linebackers to win MVP as running back. Terrell Davis is the last running back to win MVP. Super Bowl 32. 32. Mm. A running back has not won MVP since Terrell Davis at Super Bowl 32. Three linebackers have won it. We say it's impossible for defensive players to win. Not just to... They do list Von Miller as a linebacker in this. But okay... He wants that. Von Miller, Malcolm Smith with Seattle, and Ray Lewis. Three linebackers since the last running back. McCaffrey, I think, has a shot. Yeah, I do too. A real shot to do it. I really do. The, nine, the Chiefs with their run defense and everything funneling through McCaffrey a lot of times on that offense. If I He's go, the third leading favorite I saw Okay, behind if, the quarterbacks. If I go back one more year in the last 26 Super Bowls, mm-hmm. The number of running backs to win MVP is equal to the number of kick returners. Desmond Howard won it oh, the year right. before. <laughs> we're on a uh-huh. we're on a 25 year drought of running backs and a 26 year drought of kick returners. Wow. Well, so much of that is no star running back ever gets to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but shouldn't you be able to win it with just having a good game? Because you're maybe your MVP running backs. It's Terrell Davis, Emmett Smith, Otis Anderson. Sorry, sensitive subject. Too soon. Marcus Allen, John Riggins. I mean, they do. Franco, Franco Harris. 
You would think that there have been more running backs to win it, but they, they just don't win it. They do want the guy to be a star, don't they? Those guys are going to be more likely to win. And and listen, to the, the last... Here are the running backs that have won the Super Bowl. I mean, there's no star power whatsoever that can help push them over the finish line. You had last year, Jarek McKinnon. <laughs> uh, the Rams had Cam Akers as their starter. The Bucks had Leonard Fournette. The Chiefs had Damian Williams. New England's Sony Michelle. LeGarrette Blunt, three out of four years, was the leading rusher in the Super Bowl for two different teams. C.J. Anderson, Ray Rice, Ahmad Bradshaw, James Starks, Pierre Thomas. Now I'm back, you know, 15 oh, years. James Starks. I'm back 15 years now. I don't have a single guy that was like a top five running back in the league. You probably got to go back to Marshawn Lynch to find like the last time a star running back won the Super Bowl. There is a fun question. Who would have won the MVP if the if a close game went the other way? Right, like if if Marshawn okay. runs it in from the one, does he win it instead of Brady winning it when they beat Seattle? Yeah. Who wins the MVP? Is it Marshawn? You have to go and like look at the stats for every one of those games. Yeah. Well, one example of this, by the way, where like I wonder if the star power mattered to it, is when Brady won the Super Bowl MVP against Atlanta, and everybody said James White should have won it because yeah. he had like didn't he have three touchdowns in the game, including the winner at the end, which was a handoff, and they didn't give it to him. I think Brady gave him like a truck or something that he won for winning Super Bowl MVP. But which he didn't which win Super Bowl it. was that? Forty nine. Uh, Falcons one is Super Bowl fifty. Fifty one. Two fifty one. Brady had four sixty six passing. It was on sixty two attempts. I was gonna say. I mean, he threw a pick six that helped. <laughs> yeah, helped that's right. Four sixty six is pretty good though. All right, break time. Eight oh three oh five fifty NFL awards tonight. Asking you why you think Josh Allen is not going to win the MVP because. All signs point to Lamar, Lamar Jackson winning it, as we all know. But, uh, yeah. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 803-0550, Jeremy and Joe on WGR. Josh likes to announce birthdays. Happy birthday to John Williams. 90-something? King. 92. 92. Wait a minute. What's the math on that? He's born what year? He was born in 19... 
1932. Yeah, 1932. All right. Happy birthday, John Williams. Happy birthday also to the NFL draft. The first ever NFL draft was this day in 1936. Hmm. How many rounds? Were there like 50 rounds back then? It's a good question. You know, you knew that uh, the uh, Eagles were in trouble because they took a running back. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And they traded his rights to the Bears. Jay Burwanger, first ever player drafted in the NFL draft. The Eagles were not on the wide receiver train that year. Running back. 1936. Halfback. Jay Burwanger. Jay Burwanger was the first ever Heisman Trophy winner and the first ever NFL draft pick. Which seems appropriate. If the timing lined up on those. Did they even have a scouting staff or did they just say, like, let's give it to the guy that won the trophy? That guy won the trophy. It's 1936, guys. We'll take him. Did it just go in order of voting? So, like, the guy (laughs) that got second place in the Heisman Trophy went second overall and so on? (laughs) That's a great question. This guy, he never played professional football due to a salary dispute. Boy, can you imagine the if- Eagles selected him but did not think they would meet be able to meet his reported salary demands of $1000 per game. And then they traded his rights to the Bears. They and, traded and him and to he the never Bears. Paid? He chose not to sign with the Bears uh, to can- preserve his amateur status. Can you so imagine So he could compete for a spot on the US 1936 Olympic team in the decathlon. Then he missed the Olympic cut, still unable to work out a deal with the Bears. He wanted $15,000 the Bears' final offer was 13500 Instead, he took a job with the Chicago Rubber Company and also became a part-time coach at the University of Chicago. Wow. Talk about fumbling the bag. <laughs> <laughs> he did that 1500 bucks even back then? That was that was all that was... Uh, hey. 15000 versus thirteen fifty. He's the first ever draft, the draft diva. I want to. I want to <laughs> hear. That's what they said about this Jay Burwanger. He started the first diva. If anybody makes case about Caleb Williams wanting to push where he's going to go, I don't want to hear any Eli Manning. I don't want to hear any John Elway. I want to hear, hear comparisons to Jay Burwanger. Yeah. Boy, this Caleb Williams looking looking like a real Jay Burwanger trying to. You know this guy. No res- no respect for uh, game. for anything. No respect he, for the game. He also in his uh, Wikipedia page here it says he was very modest about the Heisman Trophy. Unsure what to do with the trophy, he left it with his aunt Aunt Gussie, who used it as a doorstop. Fifteen hundred dollars today would be thirty two thousand dollars per game. Okay. All right. All right. That's a lot. But uh, now my bigger problem is that they used the first ever Heisman Trophy as a doorstop. Joe, hold on. You can't get mad at somebody for using the first ever trophy. As a doorstop. I got a jar of peppers right here, Mark. Somebody's spending these sport peppers. If I just told you, hey, by the way, this is now the most prestigious award in college football. Congratulations. You won the first one. (laughs) What would you do with it? Like, oh, thanks. Right. It's the first year they gave it out. Was he supposed to be insanely honored? I mean, what do you do with your uh, Little League trophies after you win them, though? You put them up on a a shelf somewhere. A doorstop. (laughs) The thing, I mean, it looks like a real trophy. It's got a football player on it. It certainly looks heavy enough to be a doorstop. That is true. What trophy would make the best doorstop? Would it be the Heisman Trophy? Yes. I feel like the Lombardi Trophy would not be good for this because the top it's, of the the ball kind of extends beyond the base. That's not look, what you want. It, it might the, the Lombardi Trophy looks like it might tip over easily as a doorstop. Yes, the right. Conn Smythe Trophy is very square, so yes. it'd, be, it'd be very. Sturdy. Isn't it like sharp though on the top? Like it, I'm gonna I'm gonna put a hole in my door if I use the Conn Smythe. Trophy. It's got a very sturdy base though. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the Stanley Cup's too big, too tall. You, you can't have that. The World Series is just 
too flimsy. That's going to break. Maybe maybe it is the Heisman. The NBA trophy is like, it's the same thing as the Lombardi, kind of. It's got the big ball Similar. on top. Mm-hmm. I bet there's a college football trophy, like a rivalry trophy. Oh, yeah. There probably is a doorstop trophy. You know, like the little green jug, little brown jug. There's probably a, you know, the, the brown doorstop that two teams have been playing for for 100 years. Yeah, yeah. We'll get a break in 803-0550. A lot of information on the first ever draft pick, Jay Burwanger. He died. Who knew this guy was so interesting? Yeah. First Heisman winner, first. Happy birthday, NFL draft. We'll get a wide receiver idea of the day in. I want to talk about the uh, the Josh Allen MVP conversation. we got one more day to have it because Lamar's likely to win that trophy tonight, that award tonight. NFL awards coming up on the way. Uh, Anthony, stick with us. We'll get to your phone call on the other side. Jeremy and Joe here on WGR. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.